You are listening to Changing Careers, a podcast about how MBA careers are changing and how MBAs change their careers. I am Conrad Chua. Today's guest is no stranger to career changes. From working in Malaysia to Hong Kong and now to London, Sim Wee Lee went full circle in terms of job functions by going from investment banking to sales and then back to finance. He now works in London for CAA GBG, a company that handles licensing products for corporates and entertainment stars. Wheelie is a careers changing star. I'll let him introduce himself. Hi, my name is Wheelie and I am a director of financial planning at CAA GBG. And CAA GBG is the world's largest brand management agency uh, focusing on retail and consumer goods. Wheelie, when I first met you, you were working in Malaysia with Groupon. Could you talk about your pre-MBA career? Yeah, um, you know, just before the MBA, I worked at Groupon and I was the, the director of sales for uh, one of the verticals there, which was getaways. So in that role, I was managing a team of five and we were tasked with going out and meeting with hotels, travel agencies and airlines to negotiate packages that we would then promote on the Groupon website. Uh, I was in that role for a year. And prior to that, I was doing investment banking and corporate finance in Malaysia. Uh, the reason why I wanted to go to Groupon was because, uh, you know, I've primarily been in a very corporate uh, and banking role. And I wanted to see what it would be like to work in a startup uh, and also see what it's like to work in, a, in the tax sector. So it was a very good experience. It was trial by fire because I had no sales experience. And from the day one, I had to go out and meet with different uh, customers and, and vendors and making sure that I knew what it was that I was selling. Um, so when I arrived at Cambridge, uh, I felt like a, a better business person because I had my finance experience, but I also had my sales and business development um, experience. Um, and going to the MBA, I wanted to learn more about you know, other parts of uh, being a complete business person, such as marketing and operation. And what did you do after the MBA? So I was interested in using the MBA to pivot into the retail and consumer goods sector. And, you know, I was going to recruitment sessions for um, these types of companies. And it was actually during the MBA that I met one of uh, my classmates who used to work for Lian Fong. And she told me about um, a program that Lian Fong was running called the Program for Management Development. Could you explain to listeners what kind of company is Lian Fong? Um, so what Lian Fong does, it, it orchestrates the entire supply chain to get that dress from a computer design to a sample to a production house, whether it's in China or Vietnam or Bangladesh, to the port where the dress was then shipped and then to the actual uh, location where it was sold. So does that mean that companies like Walmart don't do all that legwork to get clothes on their aisles? Yeah. So they, they tend to go to a sourcing agent to get their goods produced. And you were interested to work in Lee and Fung after the MBA? Yeah. So the program for management development um, was very much a, a, a good program for me because coming from a banking 
background. I didn't know anything about, um, you know, how things was, were made, you know, the sourcing aspect and how things were, were sold, the merchandising aspect. And the program allowed me from a, a training perspective to, to gain more insights into the industry. But it also gave me, gave me a good experience, um, like hands-on experience. So, uh, you know, for, for a year after you join the program, you are rotated to different divisions within um, the Lianfeng group. And ultimately, you will then choose a, a placement within um, one of the, the different companies that the Lianfeng group owns. What kind of divisions did you rotate into at Lianfeng? So I initially started with... Uh, the division called Global Brands Group. Global Brands Group is primarily a distributor and wholesaler of uh, apparel and accessories. So we own the master license for brands like Juicy Couture and for Fry Boots. Um, and we also do a lot of kids wear and um, accessories and like, you know, handbags and, and belts. Um, the division I was in initially was in Asia, so I was working in the Hong Kong office. Um, and in the Hong Kong office, we also had a small but growing licensing business. So the licensing business is where we would contract, uh, we would represent big brands. Um, in Asia, we had a brand called Peanuts, which is you know part of the Snoopy brand, uh, and we would so we represented Snoopy in Asia. And we, our job was to look for licensees, primarily um, children's pajamas, uh, where the Snoopy logo or the Snoopy cartoon was printed on and sold. And each product that was sold uh, attracted a royalty, which we would then share with uh, Peanuts. Um, so I was primarily working with the licensing division in Asia. Uh, and was growing, and we wanted to expand it even more. So we acquired a company called The Licensing Company in London. And uh, through that acquisition, we added a lot more brands to our repertoire. So we had uh, brands like Coca-Cola, Mercedes, Hershey's. Um, and we became a quite a, a large licensing company uh, that specialized in corporate, you know, corporate brands, as well as entertainment brands. What's in it for a corporate brand that has its own products um, to work with a licensing company and license other products? I think there are two aspects to this. Um, one is on a marketing level, you want to be strengthening your brand positioning. Um, so for a brand like Coca-Cola, you know, your core product is beverages. But there are other ways to also strengthen your brand positioning. Um, for Coke, you know, they, there, there is an element of lifestyle, of, of having a fun lifestyle uh, to the brand. And you know, one example that we did for Coke was we partnered with a nail polish company called OPI to... Um, sell nail polish in the color of you know the various coke products so whether it was fanta orange or coca-cola red um to make it seem like you know this is a vibrant and youthful brand um at, at very little cost to coke itself so 
on the one aspect, it's marketing, and on the other aspect, it's also financially driven. So you ha- you've built your brand, uh, you've spent money in terms of positioning yourself, and now you can reap the rewards of getting annual royalty revenues from your licensed partners. Wheelie, you work in financial management in a brand-driven company. How do you talk finance to a brand person who probably has a very de- different DNA from yourself? That's something I, I, I do think about a lot. Um, I mean, first of all, you would try to put yourself in the shoes of a brand manager. What it is that they need to know. You know, do they need to know complex things like, you know, calculating WAC or, you know, what a net present value is? Probably not. So you want to, as much as possible, reduce the jargon that you are speaking to them about. Um, and ultimately, what you need to make them aware is, uh, you know, is something adding up, something making sense. Um, and to that effect, uh, you know, I worked on a project a few years ago where we looked at brand profitability. Um, you know, is the time that we're spending on our various brands worth, worth it? Uh, is it returning the, the same amount? each brand that we work on? And the answer was no. There are some brands that were taking a lot of time and costing us a lot of money, but the result was that we were not making as much money as some of the other brands that we had that uh, required less time. So that was a question then to the business. Do we want to continue investing in these brands that were not making as, as much money? Or do we want to refocus some of our time and effort um, to expand and grow the, the more profitable brands? Um, and I think that's ultimately the, the message that we want to talk to brand managers about. It's like, how do we uh, make ourselves more efficient by focusing on things that add the most value? What was the main lesson you learned from your MBA? One of the the biggest lessons I learned during the MBA was in my management practice class. And uh, one thing I I hear over and over in my head is, uh, my world is not your world. And and different people approach a problem or a situation differently, uh, whether it's because they work in a different function or they come from a different culture. And that really made me stop and think every time I'm in a meeting with different people from, say, marketing or um, from, you know, our America or our China office. It's to, first of all, understand where each person comes from, from a cultural and uh, personality perspective, and try to address their needs um, in a way that is, is more collaborative. And I think that's the one thing that sets the Cambridge MBA apart from a lot of other business schools is that we all learned. We might not have been very collaborative in the, part, in the, in the start of the program, but we learned to do it over time. If you could travel back in time to meet yourself when you were doing the MBA, what advice would you give the wheelie of then? Yeah, I would say worry less. I was very worried during the MBA about, uh, you know, uh, what I was going to do after, you know, 
what kind of job I, I work in and how much money I make. And to the detriment of you know, actually enjoying the moment and, and making the most of that one year, which is such a special time. Uh, you know, very few professionals actually get to spend, get to take a time out from their careers um, and, learn as, uh, and learn about business, make new friends, you know, travel in a different country. Um, and I think those are things that I did, but I probably didn't do to the fullest. I probably want to do, to, if I did go back, I want to do that again. That was my conversation with Simu Lee. It was great catching up with him and learning about the work in the licensing business. My biggest takeaway is how important it is to know that, uh, in Weebly's words, my world is not your world. Many MBAs after graduation will be working in cross-functional roles and you'll have to empathize and communicate with people very different from yourself. Do that well and you will be successful. You can listen to this show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, subscribe if you've not done so. If you've already subscribed, thank you so much. And as always, one favor, share this with someone you know who would benefit from listening. Please leave a rating and review. It helps others discover this show. Till next time, this is Conrad Chua on Changing Careers. Mm-hmm.